Welcome to Christian Concepts, a weekly show in which I hold thoughtful discussions about Christianity, its concepts, and misconceptions. I'm your host, Taj, and today we're going to jump into a very controversial topic, and it really is, is Jesus God? Now, I alluded to this uh, topic coming up as one of the hotbed topics that I would be diving into in the upcoming episodes, because it really is one of those things that is front and foremost, and it really defines a lot as to uh, what you believe about the Bible, what you believe about Christianity, and so forth. And depending what sect you ask, which type of Christian, if you will, what type of believer, what faith, and just different opinions are all the way out there. But what we're going to do, of course, this is Christian concepts, and what we're going to do is based what uh, we're discussing, what we believe, and the faith, and explaining the faith through the lens of the Bible. And the previous episode is really explaining and building up where Christian concepts are coming from is straight from the Bible. So there are really two camps as to whether uh, how you answer the question, is Jesus God? And it really is around the interpretation of certain passages, in particular in John uh, 10, verse 30, and also in 1 John 5 and 7. And those particular verses, uh, what they're saying is uh, Jesus and the Father are one. Or in the case of First uh, John 5, 7, uh, these three are one, meaning the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, the interpretation of that is where the controversy comes in. And also, not to mention, uh, depending which Bible you're reading, First John 5 and 7 might, might, might or might not even be in there. Um, because uh, there's so much debate over that, some people believe that the uh, the, the modern uh, modern authors, if you will, have edited and put that verse. But whether or not you have that in there, uh, you can look at John 10 verse 30, where Jesus Himself says, "I and my Father are one." Now, the debate is over the controversy of what does that exactly mean, and this really divides uh, Christendom, if you will, uh, the into two camps. And the first camp says what he means by that or what the passage means by that is that they are one in the same in the sense that they're on one accord or they serve the same purpose. Um, not saying that they are literally the same. Now, the other camp is reading that and interpreting that as... Uh, literally the three are one as in they are one being manifesting itself in three different ways. And this is where the term, the Trinity comes from. If you've ever uh, seen, you know, the whole Holy Trinity or heard that word, I should say, cause you can't see the Holy Trinity. If uh, you might see Holy Trinity on a building, but what I mean is uh, that term Trinity. Well, first of all, that is not in the Bible. Uh, th- that term, it describes the, the three being one. It's a term that was created to, uh, describe that doctrine or that teaching, if you will. And it's that these three are one. And literally the word means tri-unity, the unity within the three, three being one, right? So again, depending which camp you speak to, uh, how that is interpreted, the three being one, it really shapes how, uh, the, 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 the belief, the core, the divinity of Christ, uh, stacks up. 
So we're going to take a look at what the Bible actually says about that, these three being one. And first and foremost, I'll ask you a couple questions and see what the Bible actually says about that. Because, you know, these questions that I'm going to ask um, right away, I know the answer uh, should come uh, to your head automatically if you have uh, any kind of uh, Christian background, if you, you've spoken to Christians or just really from pop culture, um, even just watching movies, uh, these answers should come to you pretty readily, pretty uh, easily. And uh, the first question is, uh, who created everything? You know, um, as, as, as according to the Bible, according to Christianity, who was the person that created everything? The being that was the creator of all. Who is the creator? Now, um, if you know, first thing comes to your head, okay, uh, Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heaven. You know, so Genesis 1, um, automatically, uh, the first name or the first uh, person, if you will, that pop probably popped into your head was God. But at the same time, uh, Colossians 1 and John 1 say that Jesus created everything, right? So we have Genesis 1 saying God, and in Jesus 1, uh, uh, Jesus 1, uh, John 1 and Colossians 1, you have it saying that Jesus created everything, and you can read it for yourself. So here we go. It's either, uh, this is going to be some kind of controversial topic as in that uh, we we have found a contradiction or in the, the sense that we are explaining the unity in the three, right? So also, the second question that I will ask you is um, the, the the spirit of God. You know, a lot of times we've got the Holy Spirit, uh, the spirit of God is, is referred to in different ways. But in Genesis 1, uh, the spirit of God is also there. Uh, in Genesis 1, verse 2, where the, uh, the spirit of God moved upon the waters. This is when everything is being created, right? So here we go. We have uh, the New Testament references of Jesus. And also we have the spirit of God moving on the waters. So here we go with the creator. But then also, uh, the question is, uh, in, in Genesis 1, verse 26, when God says, let us create man in our image, well, who is this us and who is this our? And that's what it comes down to. Uh, according to, even in Genesis 1, as early back as verse 26 in the Bible, uh, there is this us being the creator, right? So now this might rise uh, some attention, some ears might perk up and say, well, this sounds like there's more than one God. No, just bear with me, listen to it, and uh, hear, hear how this actually plays out. And it all makes sense uh, according to what the Bible says and everything. There's no contradictions. There are no three gods in the Bible. But uh, let's go on and we'll actually see what, what the Bible says as far as uh, building this. Um, another question. Question that I'll quickly ask you is who forgives sins? And right off the bat, what probably uh, comes to your head is that, well, yeah, God is one who forgives sins, right? Because ultimately, if sinning is uh, transgressing the law, uh, you are offending a holy God, then the person who needs to do the forgiving for that offense has to be God. Well, that is uh, that is true, and that is also the reason why the Jews wanted to uh, really stoned Jesus and they were offended by him in, in many cases because he said that he, you know, sins were forgiven in the New Testament. Many times he healed someone and said, go on and sin not, your, your sins are forgiven or whatever it is. And it really upset the religious leaders, the Pharisees and so forth by, by him saying, 
that your sins are forgiven because to them that was blasphemous because everything that they had read in the Old Testament, uh, all the sacrifices and all those things uh, had pointed to God the Father being the one who forgives sins. So when Jesus in the New Testament is saying this, the reason why they wanted to kill him is because of blasphemy. Like they really thought he was claiming to be God and that's why they picked up stones uh, to, to, you know, right away, if you read those passages, um, when he forgives sins and says these things, uh, it really offends them. And because they were recognizing this as him saying that he had the power to forgive sins, and in many occasions, such as... Um, in Mark 2 and Luke 5 and Luke 7, they, they they were shocked and appalled that he would do this because, again, uh, they had the understanding through the Old Testament readings that God was the one who did the forgiving of sins. Now, another question that I'll ask you, who is the Alpha and Omega? You know, in a lot of uh, pop cultures, even movies, um, you'll hear Alpha and Omega. Well, first of all, let me tell you what Alpha and Omega is. Alpha and Omega is uh, the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. So in English, that would be A and Z, depending where you are in the world, it'd be Z instead of Z. But yes, so Alpha and Omega is like saying the A and the Z. But in the Greek alphabet is alpha and omega, right? So the beginning and the end. So when I ask that question, who is the alpha and the omega? Most likely, the first thing that pops into your head is God. Well, again, you have to understand why that is. Because the Bible throughout is teaching that God is the beginning and the end, right? Without God, there is nothing. And that's very funny enough. That's what uh, uh, Colossians 1 um, particularly verse 16, uh, says about uh, Jesus, right? But uh, if you go to Revelation, Revelation 1 now, um, where Alpha and Omega is mentioned very uh, quite a few times, and throughout Revelations, Alpha and Omega is uh, mentioned. But Jesus is the one who's doing the speaking, and is referring to Jesus as being the Alpha and the Omega, right? So, right here, again, you're, you're getting the picture that, okay, Jesus is the beginning and the end, at the same time, God is the beginning and the end. So this is how we're starting to like really build this case and seeing what the Bible actually says and whether or not uh, you think there's a contradiction or you think that um, Christians are some sect that are uh, just just making up some uh, s- some beliefs to give a a prophet or a teacher some sort of divinity. Um, this is what this is really explaining. And going forward, uh, we're going to see now where. Uh, things really uh, escalate in the sense that, okay, a lot of people will even say, okay, uh, maybe some passages in the Bible, like I said, even uh, 1, John 5, uh, 1 John 5, uh, verse 7, a lot of people say that doesn't belong in the Bible. In certain translations, they've, they have omitted it. And it, depending on the camp, you'll say, no, they didn't omit it. Somebody else added it in, and they're setting the record right and taking it back out. So, you know, there is a lot of debate as to, you know, the divinity of Christ and the three uh, being one and the Trinity and all those things. It is not a widely, uh, you know, across the board, everyone that would label themselves as a Christian would say that they believe that. Right. So now we're going to really see where a lot of this comes from and especially uh, putting it all together. Why would these uh, these Jews um, on many occasions uh, be so quick to uh, want to kill Jesus for blasphemy. You know, outright, he never said, um, I am God, right? A lot of people will say that Jesus never claimed to be God. He just claimed to forgive uh, sins 
and he was doing miracles and he was making um, some statements that were misinterpreted and and they 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 then assumed that he was saying that he was God. I've heard that argument from uh, many people. But let's take, um, I would say, the most, the most, uh, what's the word? The most, uh, the guiltiest, uh, st- <laughs> the guiltiest, that is terrible English. The, the, the statement that, um, the Jews really held him to be the most guilty of in as far as his blasphemy goes. Um, and to really explain, um, again, in pop culture and everything, even outside of Christianity, uh, I'm sure you've heard the term the great I am. Well, the great I am, refers to God. Well, first of all, to understand why the great I am refers to God, um, have you ever really thought about that if if you don't already know this? Well, I know when I first, even though I grew up in church, grew up in Sunday school and all that stuff, um, like I said, if you've listened to the first episode, I although I was in church, I was not a Christian. And uh, I never understood what this great I am was. I thought it was just bad English. You know, um, I'm one to talk, right? As you've just heard, um, I trip over my words and use some uh, incorrect English, not the best grammar. Um, However, when I heard of uh, I am and the great I am and all these different things, I'm like, oh, that's just horrible English. Um, However, let me tell you where that term actually comes from. All the way back in the book of Exodus, where Moses is sent back to uh, free the Jews from Israel, excuse me, free the Jews from Egypt. He uh, is sent to Pharaoh. And, you know, at the time, uh, e- Egypt was the world superpower. They were the most powerful. They had, you know, uh, the, the, the strongest army, the best economy, uh, the most civilized uh, settlements, uh, you name it, they, they had everything going for them. So when Moses now uh, is sent uh, by by God to approach Pharaoh and ask him to set his people free and allow them to leave Egypt. Uh, Mo- Moses has a lot of issue with this, right? He, um, first of all, he he doesn't know what to think, and he is thinking like, how am I supposed to work up, w- uh, walk up to the most powerful man in the world and tell him to let go of possibly a million of his workforce, right? How 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 is that going to go? Who under what authority? Who am I going to say sent me? Like, I, who who am I? Right. So in this argument, if you read Exodus three, when Moses is giving all the reasons as to why he can't go, of course he's he he he's he's not the best speaker and 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 all these different things, and he's giving all these reasons. But anyways, he when he finally uh, gets to the point where he's asking God, well, uh, who should I say sent him? God's answer to him in Exodus 3, verse 14, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So now that, again, when I first read this, heard about this and everything, um, I never understood any of that. I am hath sent me. Like That is just, you know, sounds like crazy English. But I am. First of all, if you understand what that means and it really breaks down a lot and and puts everything in perspective so that you can really understand why the Jews uh, in a New Testament passage uh, really was at that point. They're like, you know what? This guy has to go. Right. Okay. So, again, this is 
really the story of the Jewish people, how they left Israel. This is their history. This is like, you know, Moses is their guy. This is their champion, right? And in this passage is when they are learning God's uh, personality, his character, his name, and everything. It's through this Exodus story, right? And in this passage, when he says, well, who is sending me? Tell the children of Israel, I am has sent me. What he's saying is the self-existent one. So the Jews, you know, there are many... um uh, names or many uh, references, just like how we would say God or Lord or it's so many, so many things, the creator to reference to God. They use different words in, in Israel and Judaism to refer to uh, God and Yahweh or uh, in the case of uh, Jehovah in this uh, really me, this word I am this is where it comes from the self-existent one meaning that he was not created there was no beginning there was no end and he always was and without him there is nothing that's what this word literally means so when when God says I am hath sent you he's saying the self-existent one the one that, you know, was there from the beginning of time. This is who sent you. And this is how he is known. And still, even in Judaism, uh, he is Yahweh or, El, uh, well, I'll get into Elohim in a second. Uh, Yahweh or, or Jehovah. And this is who sent him. So now fast forwarding to the New Testament where, where Jesus now, this is, uh, where he really, uh, <laughs> if you will, ruffles some feathers and, and really turns this uh, thing upside down and they're ready to kill him. Uh, if you turn to John 8, uh, starting the verse uh, 56, when speaking to these religious speaking to these religious rulers, Jesus said, "Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, "Thou art n- not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus, now this is the part where it gets crazy. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was I am." Right. Then they took up stones to cast at him. So what he is saying in that passage is, <laughs> is, is, is if you don't recognize this, they clearly recognize this. Right. They're asking him, how can Abraham rejoice that he saw you? When you're not even 50 years old, at the time he's in his 30s, right? Jesus was crucified at 33, so therefore he was somewhere in his 30s when this conversation took place. And they're saying, you're not even 50 yet. How could Abraham rejoice when he saw you? And his answer is, before Abraham was I am, right? So in that, again, it might seem like just some horrible English, but Jesus' answer to them was, he was before Abraham. And that's why right away they pick up stones. They're ready to, 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 to just, just do off with him because he is literally saying right there that he was before Abraham, was I am. He is referring to himself as this self-existent one that was there before Abraham. Therefore, although Abraham was thousands of years before this conversation took place, Abraham rejoiced to see him. Now, if that's not a uh, a statement, I don't know what is because they clearly recognized it and they want to kill him for it. 
Now, when it comes to this whole uh, th- this thing, I'm just going forward now. How is this even possible? What is going on here? Uh, we have, you know, th- this this man that's walking around claiming to be God, and now we have a sect of believers that are following him, and they are Christians. And Muslims will say, "Well, he. This is why Christians have three gods." And you know, they will say that they are uh, a a a a monotheistic religion and Christians are a polytheistic religion. Um, a lot of people, uh, will say that, or even some, uh, some sects of Christianity and the Jews will also say that, that Christians in a sense are deifying a man, therefore creating, uh, many gods. So, you know, this is where or why this is such a hot topic, because, uh, again, this is the reason why Jesus was killed. It really, it wasn't for, um, you know, just having a following and all these different things. It's because he was claiming to be God and, and he was gaining a following of people that were also claiming to be God. Uh, and that was really his, his, his main uh, death sentence. Reason why the Jewish leaders wanted to uh, sentence him to death. Now, as far as this being three gods, how is this even possible? Now, I, I'd like you to think of, I think, one of the, the best analogies um, that, that, that I can possibly think of or I've even heard of how that's possible, that they could, uh, you know, he could be in three different forms and still be just one god and not three gods. Uh, think of H2O, right? We know H2O as water for the most part, right? And in liquid form, it flows, it runs, and and everything, right? But when you freeze it, it is a solid thing. You can knock someone out with water and ice. But guess what? Ice is still H2O. Now, when you boil up that water, you get steam. Steam is in very different forms. It will burn you. It floats through the air. It forms clouds, all these different things. Yet, when you analyze it, the chemical compound, what it actually is, it's H2O. So water manifests itself in three forms. And that is how the Bible teaches of the triunity, the trinity, if you will. Now, this is like really, it's one of those concepts that is just absolutely just mind-blowing to think of like, how is that even possible? That, you know, this this uh, no beginning, no end, self-existent God that created everything can somehow manifest himself in the form of a man, walk around, be bound to one physical location and all these things. When 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 God, as we know him, is a spirit that is um, uh, omnipresent, omnipotent, meaning ultimate power. It could be ev- everywhere uh, and all knowing and all these different things. Yet he somehow limited himself and bound himself to being in the shell of a man or in, in you know the the body of a man to one location and all those different things and that is really the form of god and then of course we have the spirit of god meaning the holy spirit so how do these three things coexist how are they um not contradicting one another and and really it takes a lot of reading but the ultimate picture the broad overview looking from beginning to end and actually seeing what the bible says well you you have really uh one of two options either a there is a great contradiction because in many places a lot of attributes and things that should be credited to god the father is credited to jesus or the holy spirit or the 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 other view that these three are actually one uh will put all of that controversy and contradiction to bed and 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 ultimately 
that is what Jesus says. I know uh, some people say, well, the Bible says Jesus said that. We don't know if he really said that. But at the end of the day, as Christians, our foundation, the concept of what we believe comes from the Bible. So if the Bible says Jesus said it, well, as Christians, we believe that Jesus said it. And, you know, to someone who does not regard the Bible whatsoever, it does not regard Christianity, that sounds just like bad logic, circular reasoning, and just a, a ter- terrible argument. But again, everything that we know to be Christian comes from this book. The concepts of Christianity are drawn from the book, right? So that is why uh, a Christian can say, well, Jesus said this. It's because the the Christian starts from the premise that the book itself is true. So arguing that, okay, just because Jesus um, said he is, uh, you know, older than Abraham and so forth and claiming to be the one to forgive sins and all those different things does not necessarily mean it's true. Well, to a Christian, yes, because if your 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 faith is built upon the Bible, if the Bible says Jesus said it, then we believe that Jesus said it. <laughs> so I know that that might sound crazy, might rub some people like the wrong way, uh, especially depending, you know, if you're on the fence as to believing, uh, if you can believe in the Bible and all that stuff. Um, that will be an episode in itself. And I know uh, this one is sort of all over the place because it is by far one of the most controversial topics in the Bible. And uh, I mean, wars have been fought over this, right? And, you know, this is the type of thing where, if you believe what the Bible says and you read the Bible, it, it, it's, it, it's pretty clear that uh, you, you put yourself into a position that either you're going to believe the Bible has contradictions or you're just simply going to believe that somehow, without fully understanding it, uh, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are somehow one and have the ability to manifest themselves in three different ways. Now, that is a lot I'm throwing at you. This might take uh, a couple listens, whatever it might be. But just go through, read these passages, and if nothing else, read Genesis 1 and John 1 and Colossians 1. Those three things will help you to actually see all three uh, in, in action, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, you know... Uh, again, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please shoot me a DM. Uh, the, the Instagram is in the link, which will be at Bible Gum Media, uh, and every, everything. So I, I am excited that you're here, that you stuck around, you listened to the whole thing. And at the end of the day, like I said, this is not just what I'm making up, pulling out of my own head. It's, uh, Christian concepts. I'm pulling it out of the Bible and it's take it or leave it. This is what it says, right? I didn't write the book. I, I it was here before I came and I'm just reading it and reporting it and sharing it with you, right? So hopefully you enjoyed this. We're able to take something out of this and we're able to just at least understand why a certain set of people, uh, including myself, will say that, yes, uh, we believe Jesus is God and Christianity does not have three gods. It is not a polytheistic religion. It is a monotheistic religion. Um, and, you know, it's just a, a manifestation in three different forms. So thanks for listening and I will see you in the next one.